So I happen to be lucky enough to grow up in the 1960s and 1970s. There was no internets. There were no cell phones. There were no pagers. There were no mobile devices or tablets. There weren't even computers. (gasps) And it would be easy for us to say, well, let's just get rid of it all. Let's just get rid of this technology. Let's just shove those things aside. Let's go Amish. But that's a Luddite impulse. The world that we live in has changed. You can't go back. I can't go back. And here's the thing. This, this device right here that I'm holding in my hand, this wonderful Windows 8.1 mobile device that completely syncs to everything, this is a piece of technology. And technology like money or a shovel can be used for good and it can be used for bad. This device can record the first giggles of a baby and be posted and sent to grandparents who live 2,000 miles away so that they can experience the giggle of their grandson for the very first time. This device can connect people. We have friends halfway across the world, and I can literally dial them up and see their face and talk to them as though they're in the room with me. There's a lot of good things about technology. If you have a baby that's born premature now, five months, four months, that's a viable baby. I mean, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, that baby wouldn't have survived. Technology has, has meant that so many good things have been brought. But, right, this, this device can also bring about evil, right? It can do things that are bad. It can allow you to totally slam a business or a friend on social media. Boom, and there it is for all the world to see. They stink. They're lousy. Don't ever go there. I'll never use them again. Bam. Yelp review. That was helpful. So it's a tool, and we have to be wise about how we use tools because these tools can either make us more human or they can make us less human. They can either affirm the dignity of other persons or they can strip them of that dignity. How many times have you been with somebody and they've had their device out on the table and it lights up, it vibrates, and all of a sudden they're checking in something and now you're somehow less important than what just happened on their phone. And you don't mind because you understand it, it could be something important. It could be their spouse. It, their house could be on fire. I mean, any number of things, right? But in that moment, all of a sudden, you feel less valuable, less important, less human. And that's the way it works with technology. I want to suggest to you this morning that you and I need to disconnect from our technology from time to time. We literally need to unplug. Of course, that, world, that word in and of itself, right, is so outdated. That's so 90s. Like, who plugs anything in anymore, right? I mean, even this cheesy Windows phone charges wirelessly. doesn't need to be plugged in ever. It syncs wirelessly, okay? So that's the world that we live in. But we need to separate ourselves from time to time from this technology, not because it's inherently evil, not because it's going to kill us, not because it's the boogeyman, but because we have this tendency because we're fallen, because 
we rebel against God because we're sin-soaked, that we use that technology for our own self-aggrandizement, and, and, it, and we use it in ways that kind of can dehumanize other people. Um, the funny thing is, when you take technology out of the mix, for kids, we know this, the social scientists have studied it, when you remove technology for a period, all of a sudden, they're, because of boredom, they're creative, they invent things to do, they'll play with a stick or a box. Um, grown-ups, the same thing. Um, how many teenagers, how many young people today have any time alone with themselves for introspection? If you're constantly connected, constantly chased, ch- uh, checking in on so- your so- various social media platforms, how are you ever alone with yourself so that you can start to feel the weight of who you are, where you're going in life, or what's really true and right and beautiful and good? These things come from solitude. And that also applies for extroverts. I want to read some passages that we were just in last week, only maybe now you'll see them with a little bit of a different set of eyes. And it comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. Uh, it says this. After, uh, before daybreak, this is uh, Mark uh, chapter 1, verses 35 and following. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, We must go on to the other towns as well, and I'll preach to them too. That's, that's why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. And then a little later in the chapter, toward the end, verses 40 to 45, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus and begged to be healed. If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I'm willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. And then Jesus sent him out on his way with a stern warning. Don't, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you and take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in secluded places, but people everywhere kept coming to him. I want to suggest to you that maybe at the dinner table from time to time, you don't have screens. Maybe there's a day of the week that you take a technology Sabbath. Maybe from time to time, you actually go on a walk just by yourself. No earbuds, okay? No earbuds, no phone streaming the music for you, just alone with yourself. And, and the introverts are like, yes! And the extroverts are like, no! Okay, <laughs> no. But, but solitude allows us to hear God in ways that we can't otherwise. At the very beginning of the service, I read a passage from 1 Kings, and it was Elijah who was discouraged and disappointed. They had just had the battle of Mount Carmel, but he was all beside himself because he thought he was going to get killed and, and that God was going to end up losing and God's side was going to end up losing anyway. And he's like, ah! and so an earthquake happens, all, wind happens, all this dramatic stuff. And where does God speak? In a quiet whisper. Okay? 
I have some takeaways for today, and if they'll put them on the big screen, uh, I have some suggestions for you. Um, we, we called today Gorilla Glass. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but if you own anything other than an Apple device, because they're so proprietary, right? They, they can't use Corning's product. They've got to develop their own. But if you own anything other than an Apple, the screen is made from Corning. It's called Gorilla Glass. It's meant to be dropped and thrown. It's not supposed to break, okay? And that's the whole point of Gorilla Glass. And here's the deal. So much of life now is being experienced through Gorilla Glass. And yet, the world could be so much more, and you could hear God so much more clearly. So here's some takeaways. First and foremost, again, recognizing that technology is a tool, just be suspicious When something new comes out, just because it's new, just because it does something amazing, ask yourself, do I really need this? What will this give me, but also, what will this take from me? Because there's always a give and take, so if it's going to give you something, what's it going to take from you? And just know up front so that you're making an informed decisions as you adopt technology. The second takeaway is, is simply this, deliberately use what I call old-fashioned tech, right? Maybe it's as simple as handwriting somebody a letter, and I know this is hard to believe, but there's still a post office. I mean, they're like bankrupt, and yet they still deliver mail. It's like the most amazing thing ever. All across the United States, even all the way in Alaska, okay? Write somebody. I know you have to, like, what's, where's the stamp? Where do I get one of those? They sell them at Office Depot, Walmart. I mean, you can buy stamps anywhere, <laughs> okay? But... Adopt old-fashioned tech. Lastly, set boundaries. Uh, we've had a family rule at our house, um, no cell phones at the, at the family table. Um, and sometimes that's been hard, right? The, when, when our kids have been in this magic window of like 15 to 25, right? Somewhere in there, it's like, wait, someone might need me. They might text me, and if I don't text back, you know, oh, it's a crisis, Breathe, breathe, okay, it's okay. There's, there's, some, there's something to be said for sometimes just being fully present. So set boundaries, and, and you can be wise about the boundaries that are set. And again, is, is technology evil? No, no, it's not. It's a tool, and there's so much good that can come from it, and there's so much bad that from, can come from it. And What's good for you because you're human is times of silence, times of solitude, times away from the hyper-connectivity of our 21st century life. It's actually good for you, and it makes you more human, and it positions you in such a way that you can hear God a little bit more clearly because sometimes God's not shouting, God's whispering.